0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, Jake Walman caps a thrilling comeback win over the Vancouver Canucks with a historic game winner. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKED to get up to $100 matched on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Scotty, happy Monday. And a happy Monday, it is,
1: if you're a Red Wings fan. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing hits like a victory Monday after football season's over. You know what I'm saying? That's uh, Those are we, – we take those. Uh, that's that's the most fired up I've been after a hockey game in a minute. Uh, that was an absolute electric factory. The boys are buzzing. We're buzzing. That, that was a – what a phenomenal first game back from the all-star break for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it was absolutely incredible. Duel in the D later that night as well. Like LCA was just bumping. Both were sold out. Hockey town is back, baby.
0: Did the Pistons end up winning that game too? I know they had a lead at
1: one. No, point. they lost, oh, but okay. I don't know why you would even bring them up and trying to lighten people's moods. Um, but yeah, it was really, really awesome. I genuinely obviously. didn't know if they won. <laughs> I know they were leading. <laughs> well, uh, no, they didn't. <laughs> we'll, uh, obviously we'll talk all about the wings here, but yeah, just an awesome day of hockey. Uh, Saturday was for, uh, for the city and oh oh, like the have what a hats off to the lca ice team got a got a lot of you know turnover there in the building not just the ice team i guess everybody that works in the building you know flipping Mm -hmm. from a uh a a wings game to a college hockey game later that night is impressive yeah absolutely um in terms of this game scotty
0: we could go take this game period by period and just yeah. like because first period red wings looked great second period they fell apart and then the third period they were great so in lieu of doing that and just going basically breaking down every play of this game we're going to try a different slightly different approach and we're going to dedicate segment one here to the difference maker or the biggest takeaway like what made the difference in this hockey game for the detroit red wings in a thrilling four to three overtime winner. Uh Scotty, I'm gonna go to you first. What was your biggest difference maker?
1: Yeah, I mean there's I, I think trying to single out one specific one is difficult in this game. I mean it's really hard to not just point to Wallman. Uh he was obviously a massive difference maker. That's I feel like that's kind of a layup, but uh that is obviously he was uh he had the game winner uh, uh another gritty for the city uh just absolutely fantastic stuff there uh, gave the silencer too gave a little bit of a shush and then did the gritty it was it was it was a really solid one solid 8 or 9 out of 10 gritty there um but yeah i mean he we talked about him over the all-star break as well and just the i mean we've talked about it a lot i guess just the rise that he continues to have and has had as, since becoming a member of the Detroit Red Wings uh, had a great game I thought he had a really solid game before even you know netting the the game winner and um, yeah I, I think it's really hard to not look at him there's obviously quite a few uh, in this game and there's some things that didn't go well as as well which we'll certainly talk about but uh, I, I think wallman and is is a great place to start.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you talk about difference makers in this game, it was pretty much him and it could have been him on either end of the spectrum, depending on how the result went. Right. Because he had a lot of making up to do after he slew footed Alex Lyon by accident, resulting in the first (laughs) goal. And I'm like, Oh buddy. (laughs) play did happen. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, But then in the third period, like you said, he uh, took that slap shot from the point, Michael Rasmussen tipped it home. So he got an assist there. Uh, that was that was the game tying goal, I do believe, in the yeah. third period. And then in overtime, you get this fantastic feed from Lucas Raymond for a breakaway, got hauled down, and they won it on a penalty shot in overtime, which the Red Wings have never done in the entire existence of their franchise. So Jake Wallman is now in the record books for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, and I think it's only the fourth time in NHL history an overtime game has ever been won on a penalty shot as well. So just and like when when I have, you talked about obviously Jake Wellman to you was the biggest difference maker and he was on my list as well for me. And it's kind of a cop out, but like, I almost want to say the team as a whole, right. Or third periods in general, because this, this team in the third period, I mean, everyone knows coming into the game. They're second in the league in third period comebacks. I think they said a statistic that. Vancouver has never lost a game this season when leading after two. And I was like, yeah, but they're playing the the Red Wings who also historically have a ton of comebacks. And, you know, I was trying to pump the brakes. They had an abysmal second period, which we will talk about, as you said. Uh, And everyone's like, this game's over. And it's like, they're down two goals in the NHL with an entire period left and an intermission to reset. Like that was a tough second. And if, and if they lose, it's because that tough second, but this team is really good at coming back from deficits and they did it. And like, that's that like, credit to the team credit to Derek Lalonde, like getting them to mentally reset and go back out there and play their game in the third period. That was huge. And like, to me, you know, next to Jake Wallman, obviously being clutch, it's just the team as a whole was the biggest difference maker. The third period was the difference maker because it's really hard when you're down on yourself in a period like that to, to be able to reset. You know,
1: I, I think it's one of the, coolest probably is like a really like layman way of explaining it but i think it's one of the uh one of the highlighted strengths of this team this year man i i I think that there is something about having confidence from a fan all the way to you know a player on the team and a coach there's something about that confidence that a team has where it doesn't matter what the score is after two This team has a chance to win every single hockey game. And that is something that we have not experienced in Detroit, just in general, uh, for our hockey team in a while. But it's also something that as we get down the stretch and as these games become even more and more meaningful on a game-to-game basis, that's going to be a huge trait. And again, it's something... Obviously, the players it means a lot to them and the coaching staff and whatnot. That's a great boat of confidence and, and great for team building. Um, but just from a fan's perspective or, or from a, a viewer perspective, you know, going in and knowing even against the best team in hockey, down two goals with one period to go, you know you have a chance to win because that's just how the Red Wings play hockey and. Uh, obviously we've talked about it a lot. We would love to be in a position where, uh, maybe we don't have to do so many third period comebacks. Right. That'd be kind of cool. We'll talk about the second period here in a second, but um, it, there is something about that. I, I think that mentality that uh, that helps us, the viewer, but but I'm sure is a huge vote of confidence to the players and the staff as well. Yeah, absolutely. This this team just they have a, almost an a team wide
0: X factor and you know, NHL.com came out with a really nice piece after the win uh, about the Detroit Red Wings comeback victory and how David Perron said January 2nd or whatever it was when they beat the San Jose sharks, he said, we're going to get 18 points before the break. And Derek alone had something said something along the lines. Like, has he seen this team play lately? It was like 18 points. And then they got 20,
1: They got (laughs) 20. And so, they talked about much on the broadcast as, too right. not to cut you off but like they, they talked about it on the broadcast too um where you know they they were teasing Bally was teasing their interview with uh, Larkin they have a sit down with Larkin coming out and whatnot and uh they it looks pretty cool right anytime Larkin speaks for long periods of time is uh, is a cool thing but they talked specifically at one point they uh they talked to him and other players about that game where they got off the plane like three hours before puck drop, and then went in and won. Like it was at Toronto, and then went mm-hmm. in and won anyway. Uh, and they talked about how big that game was for like team chemistry and for uh, kind of like team confidence going forward. And builds, you know, man. it's it's stuff like that that really really lights a fire
0: it builds and the team's beginning to believe in itself that they can do this and yeah. crucial time for them to get that confidence and get that momentum and carry that through because they're going on a really difficult Western Canada road trip Yeah, plus Seattle Uh a month before trade deadline. Like this is the month that's going to determine if they're going to be pushing for the playoffs or if they're going to be coasting to the finish like this month's going to determine what March 8th looks like. So they need to continue to go straight like last year. Yeah. So anyway, Scotty, we'll take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to come back in segment two with our notable performers. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Got to talk to you guys today about Sleeper, the it's. Past the halfway point of the NHL season, and regardless of where the Detroit Red Wings are in the current standings, tied for third in the Atlantic Division as of Sunday, by the way, points-wise, I want to remind you that you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. Sleeper is the number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Dylan Larkin, Lucas Raymond, heck of a game from him. Jake Wolman will record more or less than sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Red Wings fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code NHL and you'll get up to $100 on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Segment two Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are going to talk about our notable performers from the four to three overtime thriller against the Vancouver Canucks. And Scotty, I, I hope it's all right with you. I'm going to lead off with this one. Because I think we're both going to say the same person anyways. And we already mentioned Jake. I mean, I want to beat you to the punch here. Uh, Jake Wallman was obviously the guy we mentioned in segment one. We talked about him already. Lucas Draymond had a heck of a game too. Obviously, he scored a goal of the year candidate in the first period. But the rest of his performance from then to the end of the game was crucial to the victory of the Detroit Red Wings. And he continues to prove himself as a a commodity, not just a commodity, but a cornerstone of this Detroit Red Wings core as he has grown into that role this season, which is growth we hope to have hoped to have seen.
1: Yeah, I I think if you want a game to point to on uh, has Lucas Raymond adjusted and grown physically to the point where he can handle his own and not get knocked around as much uh, at the NHL level, I think that this is a game that you point to. And obviously he took a shoulder to the face. So like that, you know, people are like, oh, well, he had to leave the game because of a hit. Like uh, <laughs> got a game misconduct, like not really a clean it. And a two um, game suspension. So, yeah. I don't really think that that's like a fair <laughs> criticism. I, I think a lot of people would uh, would have to leave the game temporarily at a minimum for an a, a illegal hit. Quite literally yeah.
0: concussion protocol.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, but came back, still looked good after, was finishing hits, (laughs) was playing with a little bit of a fire under him uh, after taking a couple really, really big hits from guys that are much bigger than him, but did not waver. Uh, Like I said, was got really physical back uh, in in the second half of the game once he returned. He was uh, mad. I, I think what? <laughs> Said he was mad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time he was mad. And like I love it. Uh, but he 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 was mad, uh, but he didn't let the anger lead to like stupid penalties or anything like that. Like he was just finishing hits and, and playing aggressive hockey. And uh I, I really do I think that this was a great game to look at in, in terms of you know, like the big criticisms of him in the first two years and about how he was small and got knocked around too easily and whatnot. Um, from goal to hits to the, just the third period in general, I think uh, he that, you know, this is a one-game vacuum of him trying to put that to bed.
0: Right, and obviously people are going to point towards the goal as to, like, the big thing from this hockey game, right? And it was beautiful, right? He he takes the puck. Jeff Petrie made a beautiful pass around two Pressuring four checkers to find Lucas Raymond in the defensive zone. Lucas Raymond pitches it up to David Perron, who's going off for a line change. David Perron then chips it back, and he just bursts with a uh, with a burst of speed down the wing, past Tyler Myers, cuts in on Smith, and just buries it. It was a goal of the year candidate, and just like all the passing was exactly how you want passing to work when you have a speedy winger like that. But it's really the overtime that overtime winner does not really happen without Lucas Raymond. And I will stand by that because he had the puck behind the net. And I believe it was Elias Pettersson who was draped all over Lucas yeah. Raymond in the defensive zone. And we saw last year when Lucas Raymond was under pressure, he turned it over and cost the Red Wings a game in overtime. And not to say an overtime turnover last year, and then a not a turnover this year is a sign of like, cause it's just one example of each, but this year he was able to fight Elias Petterson off through pressure along the board and find Jake woman on the other end of the ice for the breakaway, which ultimately he got cross checked down on yeah. for the penalty shot. Like Lucas Raymond, the big thing we had to talk about with him this off season was we wanted him to add weight. So he doesn't get pushed around as easily. And like you said, he has done that he is he has been much more much tougher to knock off the puck and he just had a really great game and they missed him when he was out for the majority of the second period after taking that headshot so I'm glad he's okay I'm glad he's back because this team does need this rising star
1: absolutely yeah absolutely I I also think uh somebody that was on mine was Patrick Kane I thought that obviously the assists there to Sprong on the power play was fantastic uh but for you know, first game back, how was he going to look? Are they going to ease him into it? You know, uh, especially in the second and third periods, they really utilized him a lot. They threw him out there. I didn't think he looked any different from how he looked before. Obviously had the uh, had the great pass to Sprong, like I said. Uh, I know that you had said before we uh, started recording that the second line in general got off to a really slow start in this game, um, which yeah. I don't agree with at all. Uh, but Kane in a vacuum, I, you know, for somebody who everybody was kind of had their eyes on and was like, Is, you know, how is he going to look first game back? Hasn't played in a while, you know, with the injury concerns and everything. I thought he looked uh, more than fine and and perfectly comfortable out there, which I thought was a good sign.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a a kind of, it's not a new second line. Like we've seen the second line before Kane got injured, but for all intents and purposes, like this is a line that has to find its chemistry again, uh, because David Perron spent the bulk of January on the first line. uh, So Comfer spent it with different line mates with Kane out. Uh, Then near the end of the January, they bumped him to the second line with Comfer Perron. They did. And uh, now Kane's back. So it's going to be a line that's going to take a little bit to find its groove. Uh, But in the third period, they looked a lot better. And JT Comfort as a whole looked a lot better in the third. So I would agree. And obviously, it was a power play goal. But Patrick Kane assisted on Daniel Sprong's power play goal to make it three to two because he was beautiful able to find what, what? beautiful pass. That's Patrick Kane, right? It's so disgusting. Yeah. And then, I mean, you said the second line, but the third line just oh. continues to be the diamond in the rough of this team. Like they have found the perfect spot and perfect chemistry with these three guys. In fact, they led the Red Wings in Corsi 4 percentage and expected goals 4 percentage in this game. Andrew Kopp was out there for 12 shot attempts, 4 and 6 shot attempts against at 5 on 5. It was 10 and 6 for Rasmussen and Fisher. And Christian Fisher actually had the secondary assist on Rasmussen's goal. And it was such beautiful. Like if you watch the replay of that goal, the game-tying goal it was because Rasmussen and because uh, Christian Fisher are such like, they got the dog mentality. They're going to, when you dump the puck into the corner, they're actually going to win the puck battle. Yeah, Yeah, like They actually win dumps and chases because that's their style of play. Christian Fisher got down in the corner. He forced the Vancouver Canucks defenseman to try and back, you know, backhand pass it behind the net. Michael Rasmussen won that battle, got it over to Christian Fisher, who sent it to the point. Like, that line, their job is just to grind out puck possession in the corners, and they're doing it so well. And then Andrew Kopp defensively made a couple of really clutch plays covering for defenders down low in front of the net, which is exactly, you know, what you signed him to do. And, of course, it resulted in the game-tying goal. They were just they, – they just continue to be super good. They just yep. continue to be probably the most consistently dominating line on the Detroit Red Wings. Granted, you know, quality of competition, got to keep that in mind, but, like, their their usage has been perfect.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's just so funny when thinking back to the beginning of the year when we, you know, everybody was trying to find like the gritty defense line, and and you know, Newsy was mixing and matching guys to try to find that chemistry, and it only took till after the new year, but I think they finally found their uh, their gritty whatever they call it at the beginning the lockdown like line. That's yeah. what uh, when they tried to put Confer and, and Cop and everybody all on one line together, and I think they finally kind of found uh, their version of that.
0: Yeah, and then obviously it goes without saying, Sider was fantastic. Yeah, you know, we can't not mention Sider. He was fantastic, absolutely. Uh, just very physical in this game. He was really locking it down in the defensive zone all game long. Made some really nice passes. I mean, that's just Moritz Sider. He's so good. I'm, I'm so happy with his development as a defenseman this season in a really, in a really tough situation that they put him in, and he's doing a really good job. So yeah, it goes without saying, Moritz Sider was really good.
1: For sure. Uh, Ben Sherrod had a couple of really nice passes. uh, Put his body on the line a couple of times as well. That's, you know, give and take. Had a couple of uh, blow-ups too in his own zone. So that's, you know, that's the the Ben Sherrod experience. There was one play specifically, I think in the second, where he went for a hit and just completely left Petrie out to dry. (laughs) Like completely. Just absolutely screwed Petrie over. Uh, Um, Also. If had a couple he, of really good passes and and uh, had a really big block shot there in the third as well. That uh, he was hobbling around a little bit after, but that's that's Ben Chirac, baby.
0: Well, both he and Sider had some making up to do because Sider didn't re- recognize that the penalty was about to end on the power play and yeah. didn't back out of the offensive zone. And let Phil Peronik go down for a breakaway goal, and then Ben Chirac completely left Elias Patterson wide open. uh, in front of the net for the third three on one goal. But I mean, you can, it's easy to cherry pick mistakes. It's a lot harder to look at individual, like little things that they're doing. Right. Because with defensemen, if they're doing some things right, you're not going to notice it, but they, they did a lot right in this game. Uh, just a couple moments, but that that's, it's what it is. The game was really fun. Yeah. We'll got to go to another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the second period. It was really rough. And then look at the playoff picture as a whole, because, it was a pretty good day for Red Wings fans off the ice we're as in well, it, baby. Because <laughs> we're, we're in, in it. it, so stay tuned to segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get one hundred dollars in bonus bets with any five dollar bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your bet wins. Bet. On all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit fanDuel.com slash lockdown and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NBA. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings Podcast. You know, Scotty, we were very close to having a very different atmosphere on this hockey game. In fact, you know, we were trying to start this a little bit more structured game recaps because a lot of times energy is very frantic and there's a lot of thoughts so we're trying to clean it up a little bit and in terms of difference maker i very nearly put seven minutes of of consecutive power play time and no goals as the big reason why they lost that game if they had lost because that second period with that as the focal point just embarrassing
1: it it was brutal and the thing was it wasn't even like you know, there's some power plays where you you think to yourself afterwards. You go, okay, we got opportunities. Goalie went crazy, you know, missed a stick maybe or, or uh, got like poked away at the last second. You know, we had our opportunities. We had a couple of high danger shots, just didn't go our way. I liked how the power play looked, right? That happens plenty. Uh, and vice versa as well. You're like, wow, I, we did not look very good, but we got a goal, whatever this was this was 7 minutes where for a, i don't know a solid 3 of them i didn't even like remember we were on the power play i was like this is <laughs> if it wasn't for like icing not being called like i would have not known we were even on the power play like that's how little pressure they consistently got for like almost half of the 7 minutes of power play they had there it was it was horrific it was it was brutal um, and then obviously to end seven minutes straight on the power play, not scored a goal in the second literal second that it goes back to even strength. Philip Hironic of all people, like it was the perfect storm of garbage. Like it was just the perfect storm of crap. Uh, you, you have seven minutes of power play. Your power play looks awful for all seven minutes. You don't score a goal. And then longtime red wing defenseman, Comes out of the box and immediately scores a breakaway goal. Like it, it it
0: that just happened, by the way, too. I
1: thought the game was over just because I was like, Oh, from a momentum perspective, this is toast, right? Like, this is uh, I'm deflated watching it. I can't imagine how deflating that is to be a player. And uh, props to them for turning around and still getting a win because that was a brutal stretch.
0: That is something that has happened a few times. The game yeah. against Ottawa that they just played a week and a half ago, yeah. Brady Kachuk came out of the box. more Cider blew a tire and he went down and scored. It's always right. the last person you want to see to score a goal against your team. And yeah. I don't know, like, obviously, at Cider blowing a tire. That's just it. I mean, that's just bad luck. But in this yeah. game, you know, I think Derek alone mentioned after the game that, you know, Cider has to be keeping something along the lines of Cider has to keep in mind, like when the penalty ending, you know, and back out of the zone a little bit. Uh, this time it was, I think an errant pass really from Dylan Larkin that set it off going back the other way, but that we have to keep in mind, it's slightly new units for the Detroit Red Wings coming into second half of the season here, post all-star break They're They're tinkering with some things, but that doesn't really excuse seven minutes of consecutive power play time. And I think like 30 of that was a five on three where they just could not, I think they had three shots in that seven minute stretch, Like you have got to take a lead. You've got to score one goal on seven minutes of, like minimum on seven minutes of consecutive uh, power play time. And then to let that come out and score immediately as it expires, like no wonder the rest of the second period completely unraveled there. They were shook. I was shook. Oh, was on the back. Like, I'm like, mm. because one is Philip Peronic. and no, I have no ill will towards Philip Peronic. I loved his time here. I That's thought he was fine. a really, frustrating at times, but a really fun offensive defenseman to watch, but like, you never want to the, want the guy you traded away to be the guy who scores a breakaway goal on yeah. you. Uh, especially when he only had three goals on the season and Pew Suter got an assist, Phil Peronick had a goal and two assists. Like it was a game, quite a game for X red wings in that yeah. second period. I they know. were
1: falling off. Uh, I, I miss my dog. Pew Suter. Let me tell you, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it was a beauty. Uh, he had a,
0: they both had really good games. Although Phil Peronick did pull up classic Phil Peronick and nearly blew the game for the Vancouver Canucks in the third period, right? Where he uh, missed, handled the puck and ended up going right on Casey DeSmith, where Robbie Fabry then attacked uh, the loose puck. I mean, that with a minute left, too. But it was a great game for the both of them. Phil, Phil Peronick playing with Quinn Hughes is getting a lot of minutes. Uh, but, you know, we're locked down Red Wings. If you want to hear locked down Canucks? Check them out. Great year. So. great year for them they're having a i mean that's a team the canucks are a team that with that point took hold of the most points in the nhl so it's a big win for the detroit red wings and that can't be undersold and again it comes back down to they had an abysmal second but the way they responded was why it was my difference maker like coming out in the third and just completely wiping it away and having a great third period was it was awesome um alex Lyon ended up with an Plus nine hundred save percentage he ended up being pretty good. I don't blame him on any of the goals against. I just wanted to add that as an addendum because I know people are going to want to know what we thought on Alex Lyon. Yeah, for sure. Um, you want to look at? You want to do a little bit of standings watching? Talk about the results of the teams that we are chasing slash uh, chasing us.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yesterday or oh, a big game uh, in Toronto, obviously for the Wings as well. What are we? Are we tied now?
0: No. So Tampa.
1: One in the evening on Saturday,
0: so technically they're in third with sixty-one points. Toronto lost against the Senators, and we don't like the Senators, but we like when the Leafs lose in regulation. So Correct. I'm okay well, with that win.
1: There that we was end. a heck of an ending. Yeah, yeah it was heck a, heck of a hockey game. Yeah, Morgan Riley is going to get. Uh
0: probably a piranha. check out Lockdown
1: Leafs and Sens for some conversation about that we're just plugging the whole network today but there I mean there's a lot of good hockey this weekend man a lot of good hockey and a lot of good results if you're a Red Wings fan yes for sure so
0: with the loss the Toronto Maple Leafs lost the Red Wings are currently tied in points for this first wild card 60 points each the Tampa Bay Lightning did win So they took hold of the third in the Atlantic at 61 points. So while the Red Wings are technically on tiebreakers, fifth in the Atlantic division, one win could leapfrog them to third. Like that's how tight it is right now. Uh, Also the Islanders lost who was trailing going into Saturday was only trailing you by two points. So a win on your end and a loss on their end made it a four point difference. I believe the Penguins lost two and the Capitals won, but the Capitals are seven points back. So there's a little bit more breathing room. So it's not as panicky that they won that hockey game.
1: Yeah. No, man. It's, uh, it's kind of fun. It's just when's the last time we were, uh, we were standings watching? I was at Duel in the D. I was in the, the nosebleeds of, uh, of LCA with my roommate. We were watching the, uh, the hockey game in mid game. I'm like, I have standings out and I'm, wa- I'm, I'm standings mm-hmm. watching and I'm score watching. Uh, and it's, you know, the middle of February and that's, uh, you know, post all-star break and that's exciting. That's awesome.
0: Well, and also, so we're recording this on Sunday afternoon before either of the one o'clock games kick off for the NHL. Yeah. They have two at one o'clock games, one and one thirty, because they're not going to compete with the Super Bowl because they're smart. smart. Uh, <laughs> so the Canadians and capitals are both playing a co- cross conference game. They're two of the teams in this game in this slate today or Sunday as we record. Canadians play the Blues. Uh I'm not really too concerned about the Canadians. They're pretty far back in the wild card race. The Capitals yeah. play both the Capitals and the Canucks playing back to backs, facing each other here. So it's going to be uh I, w- I hope the Canucks win that game. <laughs> but yeah, it, right. As it stands right now, Red Wings are one point back a third in the Atlantic, tied for first in the wild card. And the team trailing them, the Islanders, the next closest team is four points behind and you have a game in hand on them. So that's the most urgent news that you should keep track of. But yeah, I mean in terms of the standings and anything else in this hockey game, Scotty, you got anything
1: else? I don't think so in terms of uh in terms of that. I, I just um when do we play again? Tuesday and we play Edmonton. So that's in Edmonton. Fun. It just seems like like we we're talking about the tough January that we had and now we have Vancouver, Edmonton, Vancouver uh, to start off. You know, coming out of the All Star break, um, February. Just in general, Vancouver, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, Seattle. Obviously, the West Roadie, like you said, Colorado, St. Louis, Chicago, Washington Islanders. So the second half of February gets a little bit uh, a little bit easier there. But yeah, man, West the the Canada West Roadie is uh, plus Seattle is definitely going to be wow monday's game we play seattle at 3 30 p.m this week um anyway
0: no that's next week that's president's day that's why
1: oh makes sense makes sense oh yeah february 19th cool um but yeah man this is uh just to kind of put a bow on it this is last season we have to remember that they dominated the West Canada Roadie, and that's even why we were having a conversation going into the back-to-back against Ottawa last year about, oh my goodness, are we going to end up buying at the deadline? Could this team make a push for the playoffs? Right, because they, what did they nearly sweep? They 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 dominated this this trip last year. They and swept
0: the Canada portion,
1: but lost to Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Right. So they they dominated this uh, this trip. Last year, and it, it catapulted them back into the back end, obviously, of the playoff picture. And they ended up selling because Ottawa, you know, beat the doors off them. But, uh, yeah, man, this is, uh, this is something that we know that they can hold their own in at a minimum. And if they do that, you're talking about coming home, the schedule gets a little bit more favorable. You don't have a cakewalk by any means, but it, it certainly gets a little bit more favorable there. And, uh, I, heading to the deadline, having some fun, man.
0: Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's probably going to be our conversation tomorrow is expectations for February because everything you just said rings true. And you have to have as great as January was, you got to keep that rolling all the month of February. If you want to not sell at the deadline, that's how close it is in the wild card and in the Atlantic division. So we'll talk expectations for February uh, tomorrow's episode. Scotty, final thoughts. We ball, baby. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode on Tuesday, Monday. No, Tuesday. This is Monday's episode. Tuesday, Tuesday. Sorry, recording this on Sunday. So Mondays get discombobulated. Tuesday.
1: How long you been doing this?
0: Too long. Same (laughs) time, same place. It's your team
1: every day. Every day.